Good morning, friends. This is episode 58 of the Make Saints podcast. I'm Drew Downs. And this one is called Why Our Brains Are Broken and What to Do About It. It's an alternate title is what I have learned from a year of reading about why I can't focus and why people are acting so weird. This is not really a clickable title, but it's what I was thinking about. I don't know about you and how you have experienced the last several years, at least. It, it, it became weirder, of course, in 2020 and 2021, but it's been going on longer than that. And it's that sense of, of inability to focus, inability to, to sort of deal with all of the junk, just constantly, all the stuff happening all the time, and also recognizing in other people the same thing happening. I was watching my friends, watching colleagues, watching people I work with and, and, and seeing all of the stuff and, 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 and everyone, it, trouble making decisions, trouble getting through stuff, trouble doing all of the things. Like there's a, the, the volume of, of, of stuff and, and recognizing this as is this common problem. We were all experiencing something happening together. And uh, I wanted to explore, I wanted to figure out why this was happening. So uh, I did some, uh, a bunch of reading. It, 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 over, it overtook my reading for the year. I read about lots of other things, but this, this was a dominant theme. And, and uh, of those books, I wanted to highlight a few of the books that had the biggest impact uh, on me this year. Um, and no, in no particular order, though I'm going to save the best ones, I think, for last. And um, you know, I, I read A World Without Email by Cal Newport, Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, uh, Rest is Resistance by Trisha Hersey, Enchantment by Catherine May, uh, 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman, and Saving Time, Discovering a Life Beyond the Clock by Jenny O'Dell. Uh, I think if, uh, if there's any, uh, any one of these books that you uh, that need to read. I, I would highlight. I would highlight three for us. If you're looking for, like, inspiration, like someone to get you off your off your butt and do something, I recommend Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. If you're looking for um, sort of practical and and just sort of like sort of inspirational fixes for your your, your own life, Four Thousand Weeks by Oliver Berkman is the way to go. And if you want this. Uh, <laughs> a real treatise on the very nature of time. Um, the splendid book, Saving Time by Jenny O'Dell. Uh, Saving Time, Discovering a Life Beyond the Clock. It's gorgeous. I highly recommend that book to anybody. Um, but if you're looking for something a more, bit more actionable, go with the other two instead. I read these books and, and a bunch of others, and, and it got me thinking, um, uh, trying to synthesize uh, the information from this and, and some other sources. Um, and so I, I have seven principal ideas that have come from uh, these books. And then um, I think the, the sort of response, our own response to that, and I'll share um, how to respond to these ideas afterward. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna try and run through them and I'm gonna try and deal with the responses and, and wrap it up from there, okay? So here we go. Number one. Our brains aren't built for this volume of essential information, right? We're, we're not built to take in all of this information. And especially when all of it 
is essential and constant and always changing. And so humans aren't built for this kind of thing. We're built to be reactionary, to respond to our environment. We're not built to sort of like take, you know, an entire library's worth of stuff in by scrolling on Facebook, right? We're not, we're not built in that way. And so all of it comes in and our brains can't handle the volume. And so we aren't processing it all and we're not processing it in ways that maintain a sort of healthy response. Like there's, a, there's only a certain amount that we're actually able to sort of take in and synthesize every day. Like, and we're, we're surpassing it before lunchtime. So there, there's something about the modern life that is doing all of this stuff to us in a way that wasn't before. Number two, we are prioritizing values we don't actually like. So um, if we think about how uh, the news media refers to what counts as news, the, the, there's that old adage, if it bleeds, it leads. And so what we're, what we're doing is we're having this, this, this intellectual problem in which what we want is good news and what we seek is bad news. And it creates a cognitive distortion for us um, because it not only provides the, the, the bulk of the information that ends up coming in to us and in, goes into this overwhelmed mind is bad news, which creates a distortion of, with reality. But it's, it also demonstrates a complete opposition from where our hearts reside and even where our, our intellectual side resides. Like we don't, we actually don't want all of this stuff. We actually want all of this stuff over here. It's what we we're desiring. It's where our, our core values are, but our behaviors are over here. And unfortunately the, the part of that is on purpose, which leads us to number three in bleepification. I'm choosing to refer to it as in bleepification like they do on on the media because I don't feel like making this an explicit podcast. <laughs> don't want that, that block E on it, but you, you can figure out what that means. And, and this comes from a series of interviews with Cory Doctorow did with on the media this year in which he refers to corporations or big, uh, big groups, uh, institutions, but it's, it's really corporations that do this. And uh, what they do is they, 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 get everybody, they, they, they make you feel really good and, and, and desiring of their product, what it is they offer. They, they, they make it super attractive. And then they, they drive out all of their opponent, the opponents. They, they build a monopoly and then they wall in that garden and make it impossible for you to leave. And then they make their product worse. And they make you, uh, they test the limits of what you're willing to tolerate. Like what, you know, so, you know, companies like Amazon started with incredibly easy practices, incredibly, you know, generous, like the, the, the sort of, uh, to get you to want to use them. They, they were very generous about returns. And suddenly, you know, 15 years later, the same, you know, you've, you've given all of your, your, your purchasing power to Amazon. And now they could be like tough noogies, you know, and, uh, what you're going to do, go somewhere else. <laughs> Good luck with that. 
right? And and this idea, it, it's not just uh, it, it's not just degrading it uh, because that's just what happens. It's degrading it on purpose because it is driving it, um, and this fits in that sort of same category because we're we're being pushed into having less desirable relationship to the world around us. It's making us feel worse participating in these places. So same thing, Amazon, Facebook, you know, Twitter, obviously, right? These, this makes it less good and it makes you feel worse and it takes more advantage of you and your time. Number four, trusting that someone out there doesn't have a broken brain like you do, right? This is the waiting for Superman phenomenon. Like this is something that's happening to all of us. Like all of us have broken brains. And our response then is like, yeah, I can't fix it, but someone, someone better fix it, right? And we just sort of look around and we wait and we twiddle our thumbs expecting someone to fix this common problem, right? You can see, you can see the problem here. Number five, believing health is for our own time, right? Uh, think of it as the spare time versus and not the company dime. Um, this is an idea that you can somehow externalize being healthy. That that's not, uh, that that has nothing to do with your life at work. That, that work gets to be, gets to take all of the best of you, and everything else gets second. There's, it's, a, it's, a really, it's a really strange concept, um, but it's so, it's so dominant. But I think recognizing just when compared with, with numbers three and four, right, this idea that they can make your life unhealthy and expect that unhealthiness to be what you just do, you just deal with it. Um, as opposed to being able to be healthy in all things. Right. Number six, right? This is just a matter of willpower, right? This is the individualizing effect that each individual just needs to figure this out for themselves, that you can just power through and come up with the best little life hacks to make your life livable and tolerable while everyone else is miserable, right? It's a, it's a really strange way of seeing the world and seeing the community that we would think that all of it rests on me and not say, um, you know, the company that's making things worse for you. <laughs> As if that, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of like when, you know, uh, when a company is able to take all of this water out of our water systems and then throw a bunch of waste into our common water sources and, and we're all supposed to just be like, ah, you know, what you gonna do, <laughs> right? That's your individual problem, right? The common water source is your individual problem, right? Number seven, misunderstanding the very nature of time and life itself. One of our, this, this of course, is, goes back hundreds of years. We've been making this mistake 
they were our ancestors were making this mistake long before any of us were alive. And it's this idea that we uh, that time is a commodity that can be bought and sold and lent and borrowed. That we can make a deposit in a time bank and we can withdraw time later. Like these, these concepts about life, about time, about existence and our experience in the world as if this is, this is how life is. And it's, it's so ingrained because all of our language around time is built around the concept of being able to spend it and give it away as opposed to living it. This, this of course, is a foundational mistake that humans have always made but in this moment is particularly vexing, but it's also a way to solve our common problems, right? So we think about those seven, each has an obvious response, okay, right? You know, so number one about the volume, you know, shut off the faucet, like, Turn it down. You don't have to read all of those newspapers. You don't need to read 12 different articles about why the Supreme Court is, ru is ruining the thing on the thing, right? Just stop. Just stop. Stop the flow and give yourself time to actually think. Right? It's the volume of it all, the speed of it all is too much. It's too much for us. Calm it down a little. Two, prioritizing stuff we don't like, reprioritize, right? And so this is a this is a personal reprioritizing and is a common reprioritizing. Help each other reprioritize. Help each other do these things. Stop, you know, so that can be stop sharing that junk on Facebook and start sharing the good stuff, right? Just shift your focus, shifting it from bad all the time and start moving in a different direction, right? moving toward what we truly value, not reacting to what we don't. Emblemification, uh, that one involves our common working together. It's not, it isn't gonna happen when one, one or two people st start boycotting Amazon, right? That's not how this works. And, and part of the problem is that Amazon has created a monopoly, right? We actually need to be able to develop new systems. And so we have to work together to work on these things. But I think one of the individual ways into that is to stop letting that junk be as, you know, letting the junk be the low point, right? Like stop, we need to stop letting our experiences and, and tolerating bad experiences and start expecting more from these companies. For trusting, you know, waiting for Superman, stop waiting, start doing, right? This is not about someone outside. This is about us. This is about us figuring out how to work together. Uh, you know, believing health is on your own time. Nope, it's all the time. 
right? So what's healthy? What's healthy here? What's healthy at work? What's healthy with your family and friends? What's healthy in your community? What's healthy in your volunteering? What's healthy in these spaces? We need to be able to think about what's healthy for us, what's healthy for other people, and start giving each other that kind of grace so that we can all be healthy. In encouraging people to not just take time, not just taking solo time, but actually making the time we spend together better, right? Being more generous with the way we interact with each other, right? Who doesn't want food? Who doesn't want, you know, coffee or tea or something in the morning? Who doesn't want those generous gifts? Like this isn't about the pizza party to make up for the bad stuff. This is about being better in all of the things. And one easy way in is that, right? Uh, number six, individual willpower. Stop individualizing. Stop thinking it's about you. Stop thinking that like trashing yourself and berating yourself for not getting it all done. Stop berating yourself for all of the, your broken brain. Like we all have broken brains. Stop. Like we need to start, you know, helping each other heal, heal these brains and make them better. Right. Give each other some space. And the last one is just start living, right? Understanding that, that time is not a commodity. We live, we live in the now. And all of this that we're doing, all this stuff that we care about, this is important. And make this life important. So this is all the quick, you know, you know quick hits to try and get a sense of, of how to do all of this stuff, right? But I think the essential an essential thing to take with you on all of this is that this is a personal and group project and always was. Like there's never a time when it wasn't both a personal and group project. And one of the mistakes that we keep telling each other is that we act as if it was not just that it was one or the other, but it's the extreme of the one or else it's the extreme of the other, that we have to make up for the fact that, you know, we, there's things aren't working as a group. So you gotta be hyper individualistic or similarly, like, you know, as if, as if any person uh, exists as a group without having an identity, without having a personal life that they're living, right? This is, all of that is just ridiculousness and it's a way of avoiding what is really happening here, that we need to work together, that we all need to show up and start participating in our own lives and making our lives better, right? Encouraging each other, helping each other, giving each other more space, more room to be themselves in this time we have together, right? So let's help each other out. We're all overwhelmed and being taken advantage of because of it. Like people are making money off of your being overwhelmed and doom scrolling. They're making money, they're profiting off of us doing this and not knowing how to get out of it. And the way out is that we need to start taking care of each other. So let's reclaim our time together. Thanks for being here.